Satnam, welcome back to the Aquarian Mother podcast. It has been a while. As you know, if you listened to the last episode, I had some major shift in my personal life, but now we're back. And I'm so happy today to give to you the first interview with Ardas Chandra, who you might know. Uh, we had a very inspiring conversation, which is usually the case with her. So yes, let me introduce her a little bit. Ardas Chandra, a 31 years old French woman, radiates Aquarian qualities with an Aquarius sun and rising alongside a Libra moon and a powerful Capricorn stellium. As a mother to a Sagittarius son, Ea, and married to Ansujot, Ardas Chandra is dedicated to personal expansion and exploration. She holds a master's degree in philosophy from La Sorbonne and a Kundalini yoga teacher certification. She channels her wisdom into guiding women in self-connection. She loves nothing more than spending time with her son, writing her morning pages, and having deep uh, conversation about the meaning of life. Her work is to be found at the intersection of energetics, strategy, and mindset, bringing forth the Aquarian age through our being. Ardas Chandra authors The Light Letter, a Substack publication and newsletter that blends the essence of slow living, personal style, and spirituality. And it is delivered in divine timing to subscriber. You will find all the information in the show notes to contact her and to follow on her offers. So let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Aquarian Mother Podcast, a podcast that supports you in your journey in motherhood. I am your host, Marie-Andre, a mother, meditator, and yogini, and I specialize in gently supporting mother both IRL and online. Satnam. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, you're the first person I actually uh, talked to about this, uh, this idea of doing this podcast of the, the Aquarian Mother. And I guess the name also comes from you in some way. We, we, I guess we will talk about this a bit later. But um, yeah, I'm so happy to welcome you to the podcast. And I would like to ask you introduce a bit who you are and who's your family. Yes. So I forgot to tell everyone, but everyone can feel that I have this accent and I'm French. And that's something we have in common where we can speak yes. French. Actually, I love, I love it. I think it's such a, a gift to be born French and to be able to speak this language. But in my daily life, I hardly use it because um, I am not living in France anymore. I am married not to a French guy and I, I don't even, even really speak French to my son all often. So I am Ada Chandra and I'm 31 years old, born French, but for the past four years I've been living in many different places. That was a bit my vision to be able to be flexible and recreate a house everywhere and feel that when the energy of the space was over for me, I can be flexible, emotionally flexible as well to move. 
So I'm um, married for, was it four years? Four years? Uh, to Hansu Jod. He is my dear husband and he also goes by his spiritual name. And I like to mention the fact that I go by Ada Chandra since 2018. And it's when I decided to start to call in my family and to also call in the person I would spend my life with. Um, so that's an important, important, oh, I don't like the word important, but that's a pivotal moment in my life when I took that name and really embraced it. And it allowed me to step in a new part and new dimension of me and to also be that queen and that, you know, lioness and mm. be like, I deserve my king <laughs> and yeah. I found the king. So I'm my, my king, of course. Mm. And um and I'm the mother of Ea. Ea is a beautiful boy. He's going to be three years old in December. Mm. The, whole, um, yeah, the whole story of how we became a couple and then a family is quite fun. And can't wait to share the story. I love to talk about those things. And everything to that point is like my vision, but even better. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's something um, is is a bit your signature. No, you always call, you always encourage. I feel every one of us to to call in what we want or something better, like uh, the something better. I really like like yeah. this or better. Always yeah. be open that there might be even a better way than what we think. Um, yeah. And divine timing and yeah. Uh, yes, divine timing is everything. So sometimes it's not the time yet. Mm. Um, and it will be your time when it's your time, all in divine timing. Um, okay, so do you want to talk a bit about this story or is it like something you keep um, to yourself or is there something like you think, oh, that could be that could be a good share? Maybe. No, I think it's... It's very interesting and that's um, that's becoming the embodiment of the vision of an Aquarian mother. On top of being Aquarius uh, sun and rising, married to an Aquarius guy. <laughs> and I was born in um, yeah, 1992 and I feel my generation was really preparing to come and bring forth the Aquarian age. And this is showing in everything I do and I don't even force it. This is just the mm. only way I know is the Aquarian way. Um, so the way I became, yeah, we became a family. I remember a year before uh, meeting my husband, um, I was just say saying, no, I don't actually want to be a mother. I don't need to have mm. this experience. But I was saying that from an ego space, not from a soul space, mm. because I know deep down that I wanted to have this beautiful experience of giving birth and not nurturing life. And you know how sometimes you feel that it's your soul's mission, but mm. um, your soul's mission has different expressions and sometimes one expression take over. <laughs> Mm. and you didn't expect that so that was me I thought I would be carrier first and building my way and at the same time I wasn't really getting clarity on what I would do professionally and then I was like oh but the mother thing was wants to come through and my biggest um aha moment in that story is when 
I went into the Kundalini yoga teachings and I found out of the blue, you know, Aquarius, they've always find their way somehow to the secret files or the things that nobody else find. Yeah. <laughs> and I found um, on Google, I found a, a PDF that was um, called the Aquarian Child. And that was um, basically a, train, a training manual from Rama who taught... Mm. Um, I think in 2018 could be, I don't remember the year, but they taught all Aquarian child uh, module and training. And I found this book and I was like, wow, there's so much yogic teachings around raising a child and bringing forth a new generation, a new Aquarian child. I was really like, you know, the Aquarian mother, the Aquarian child. I was like, wow, this is something for me. And the second I started to add the book, I started to project and envision my family. And I had a very clear um, vision that at the time I was single living in Paris, right? And I had a very clear vision that I would have to be on Mallorca where I did my teacher trainings and all of that. I would have to move to Mallorca and create a family there, which is exactly what happened. So I was not surprised. <laughs> Um, I was not really surprised. So, yeah, like the the energy of this space for me was really strong, was really focused on calling in that family. So every time I would return from Paris to Mallorca for a teacher training or an immersion, I would kind of strengthen my um, relationship to that family that was ready for me. And I really mm -hmm. felt connected to the soul, like the spirit baby, if you will. And I yeah. started to have so many guidance and signs, you know, my, a friend of mine saying, oh, you have to read that book, Spirit Babies. Okay. And that manual from the teacher training. And at the time around me, there was no one that was really pregnant. Maybe one friend, she had already a child, but that was my only reference. I didn't really know what it was <laughs> about. And um, I remember a very vivid moment of me calling in the father of my child when I was uh, sitting in a class with Tej uh, in Rama mm -hmm. and she was basically, you know, she has this thing of always giving a prayer or calling in miracles, right? And she was like, now everyone call in what you want, be ready. And I was actually making a self-declaration that, okay, I cleanse my alkaline, you know, <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> My outline is clear. No, really, like I did those yeah, outline yeah. meditation for a while, you know, and yes, cleared really the mess of what I did before or what I tried to figure out before. And I was like, I'm ready to call in um, my, my partner, my guy. And believe it or not, <laughs> I do that. And at this moment, Tish opened the eyes and she's like, oh, Hansu Jod is here. I love Hansu Jod. And this is oh, exactly wow. the moment I know I have goosebumps every time I share the story. But this is exactly the moment when Hansu Jod entered the room. He came for the festival um, mm -hmm. 2019. And this is when he entered the room. And I told my girlfriend sitting next to me, they, they still remember. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> she just said, call me what you want. I say, I'm ready for the guy. And then this guy entered, but do you think I could be with him? <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, that was so crazy. So that's wow. the beginning of the story of being like, wow, okay, 
but in order to feel that I could deserve that love and that partner, I had to do a lot of, you know, uh, self work, I guess. Um, and very shortly, so we, we got to spend with my husband, uh, we got to spend not a long time together. He came to Paris, uh, the November 2019 and we spent 24 hours together and it was so easy to be around him you know in silence in conversation uh, I could feel that he was opening himself to me like in a way that he wasn't sharing that with everyone but we were also comfortable being in silence together mm. so at this stage we just get to know each other then he invited me to come to his new year's retreat in Germany which I went and that was kind of the first German <laughs> vibe for me. Uh, and I showed up, he invited me. And I, I very clearly heard the voice in my head um, to say, you know what? If you say no to that invitation, the door is going to be closed forever. So you need to f figure out your way to get to that remote place in the mountain in Germany for the New Year's retreat, <laughs> <laughs> which I did eventually. And we got into a lot of meditation during those three days. It was really nice. And at some point, again, the voice during a meditation just tells me, he is your husband. Mm. And I'm laughing, you know, the smile up to my ears. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and at the same time, it felt very um, true. I felt the yeah. gravity wave. I felt that was not crazy to think about it, that without projecting right and he knew that i was going to mallorca again um in january and I, that was a planned trip anyway and he invited me to stay in the apartment he was staying there was an extra room and i was like amazing and basically instead of going to teacher training and attending the classes he was taking me over the island and showing me all the beautiful spots hmm. um so i kind of you know What's the word? Like, you know, Ecole Bissonnière. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of escaped the classes. Yeah, like even like the teacher would say like, but where are you? We know you're here, but we don't see you in the room. And I was like, well, you know, like destiny is calling me. Uh, so I was going all around the, the island. And on my birthday, it took me to this most beautiful, beautiful spot on the island. It's um, a beautiful point view in the mountain where you're just surrounded by the sea. And I was like, wow. And we were not together again. You know, at this time, we were not together, just sitting next to each other, feeling great. And guess what? This is the place we picked to be married six months later. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you look in retrospect, everything was kind of beautifully, divinely uh, orchestrated. So we could actually be together, find each other. And very quickly so i'm sharing the story now it's march 2020 and he called i'm in paris he calls me he says they they're gonna close the borders internationally you need to get on that flight if you want to be with me because we don't know what's gonna happen right oh, wow. so i get on that flight <laughs> it's uh march 13 2020 the last flight was the next day and the next day i got pregnant six weeks in the relationship wow. that's crazy <laughs> so that's doesn't make sense it's from the outside but from the inside it felt very um ac according to the universe plan and again when we found out we were pregnant it was like you know i had my plans but there's god's plans and god's plans is prevail right so that's yeah. the story of how 
this, you know, it wasn't planned, but happened. I was kind of calling it in anyway. Uh, yeah, that's a fun story to share. I moved to Mallorca then by default because I never returned to my um, single Paris studio. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I never returned. My parents had to move my things out because I was paying a rent for a couple of months. And I was like, I'm pregnant. We're not going to live in Paris in 20 square meters. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, so that's my story of how we got, we became parents somehow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's a very beautiful story. And I really love it because for a few months, let's say six months for me, what I'm really, really focusing on is doing what feels right. And, mm -hmm. and as you say, like maybe it doesn't make sense from the outside, but if we are always looking at what does make sense or some sort of someone else going to judge or tell you that this is the right thing to do, how can it be the right thing to do? It, the only right thing to do is this voice that we can only know from the inside. And, and actually, with the, in retrospect, after four years we see that it makes sense because you're such a beautiful yes. family like and you're sending this to out to the world also as a beautiful example and I think everyone looking at you and the family is a huge inspiration yeah. I know for for many people so in in a sense yeah it did make sense but I understand this is yes. seem crazy we're from the outside challenging out. we're challenging the statue cause every day we're doing mm -hmm. we know we're doing things differently and when I was pregnant I read a book that I recommend every listener to read if they are pregnant it was the book I, you probably read it I don't know tell me it's called primal motherhood mothering uh, sorry Primal Mothering in a Modern World. Did you read that book? I, I did not, but it's written somewhere in my notebook because you mentioned Ooh. already. And it's... it's yes. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the the woman is called Aichia Af Moon, and she wrote that book. And this book was the eye-opener for me that we can do things our own way um, mm. without taking any following anybody else's path and I know you know what we do can trigger many people because it's just not what you used to do and this book wasn't giving me permission I read it once when I was pregnant but I was like wow you know the woman she was doing you know like free birthing and breastfeeding and I don't even remember all that details I think she was living in the in her car with her kids like I don't even remember. I just remember this book gave me permission to do things my own way, listen to that voice and make sense for me. Like we are the one creating meaning anyway. Mm -hmm. You create meaning for yourself. I create meaning for myself. And the more we do um, what feels right for us, the best it is, I think, even if it doesn't make sense um, for the outside. It's it's funny because I had a, a question about this, like if you recall a time where you, you felt empowered to defy some social expectations. So I guess the whole the whole thing is a bit is a bit about that. But I'm I'm wondering with this, like of course, um I'm not sure like how to call this is the mainstream or like the societal expectations, but you also have a yogic community which i am thinking might not have been so shocked or like these kind of things make sense to us in a way if you say yeah well this is what my my god is telling me this is what my soul is telling me and like this is my destiny i 
I'm wondering, like, do you think it's easier with this kind of support? And and what what was the extent of this support? Or is it yeah, only in the teaching, or is it in the in the community? Or I guess you know, I started to I started to think, oh. How do I want to give birth? Where would I feel safe to give birth? Mm. Where would I feel safe to be pregnant even? So my old pregnancy, I was in Mallorca. I didn't fly anywhere. I saw very little people, um, you know, just like friends, family. Um, but I really was in my cocoon. And to the birth, you know, the vision for the birth and the own birth. And if I would talk to myself, my, let's say, 20 years old self, she would think mm -hmm. she, it's crazy to do her own birth. Mm. But, you know, I knew better and I could follow my uh, my instinct and be like, okay, we can go for our own birth. And then I started to open up to finding my team. My team was made of, my birth team was made of a midwife who could speak German and English. So that was really great. I found a doula, she was from Belgium, so she could speak French and English. That was really perfect. And at my birth, there was also my sister and she was helping and cooking and doing mm -hmm. all the great things. And she stayed with us 40 days around the birth, so a bit before and a bit after. Wow. So she was really a great support that she, she got to spend 40 days of her own life with me as I was transitioning, becoming a mother. I think it's the greatest gift Yeah. she ever gave me you know to even show up and be there at my birth and mm -hmm. and filming and photographing and making sure I had everything I needed and there was also my friend Birgit one so we had this beautiful team made of five different people who were bringing different energies that would make me feel safe but up to that birth of course it was helping me to know that you know going on to that yogic path you You give yourself um, freedom and agency to do things differently anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so for me, it was obvious that we would have um, the mantra playing during the, the labor and, and birth. Like, you know, it was just um, making sense that basically then the teachings or the theory or the philosophy was becoming embodied throughout our experience. Mm -hmm. And that's a bit the beauty of it. If you don't share the teachings, then they get lost. And mm -hmm. when you find people who really resonate with some of it and can, you know, take it with them and then that leaves, you know, and that, that really everything I did up to that point really makes an, an imprint on my child who is, as I said, almost three years old. So the first three years really important for the child mm -hmm. to feel safe and feel good and feel nurtured and everything and and i think we give we gave and we are giving our best on that level you know yes yeah and something i know that uh, has been inspiring me i know that you have been doing these uh, these sadhanas on his birthday no have you done this for the two yeah no we did one and two years old so i don't know what's gonna come uh, for this oh, i don't know where we're gonna be on his birthday But we did this special sadna for him because you know you 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 get maybe you give birth to you gave birth to a saint who knows mm. <laughs> um, I mean you know we we, yeah. we don't know you don't know what your boy is gonna become I don't know what yeah. my boy is gonna become but we want to give them the best so we love to yeah. to do the same and you know he's he's really cute he's like sitting with us like he's seeing everything we do so he would be sitting with us when we meditate or 
Sometimes he's even the one bringing me my book for my, my morning pages. Like, it's like, yeah. mama, it's time to write. You know, like, it, that's really cute. So I'm really happy that he gets to see that. And we have kind of a small circle around us. We don't know a lot of people, but we're really choosing our people and who has access to our family, sort of. Mm. And, you know, it would be my family and my husband's family and some friends. But, you know, we kind of protect that. Um, my son is with us all the time. He doesn't go to what's the name a kindergarten or daycare so it's with us that's why you know he's traveling with us he's doing everything with us up to that point and i think that's making him making him feel very um held you know very he knows where we are he is always with both of us or one of us and yeah, I mean, I like that. And I know this is also not how everyone can do it, you know, but the, the, the goal is to build ourselves a life where we can be as present as possible. And when we are with him, that we are really here, you know, we are really engaged and involved and, yeah, helping and him to navigate this way. Yeah, and he gets to do the things that are important in the family. I mean, not everyone has a yoga practice, for instance. Everyone maybe, <laughs> maybe you should. I don't know <laughs> about that. But um, yeah, but when you, as a child, I think you see what's important to your family. And of course, you want to belong. And of course, you want to be doing the things that, that your family is doing, because that means you're part of, you're part of the family. So I guess that's why yeah. they... They follow us and they they want to participate. So that's. I think that's why they choose chose us. Um, mm, I do yeah. believe that the kids choose their parents. I think that before birth they kind of know your file and they know what you've been through and they also know what's going to happen. Uh, you know what's what's the what's the the history and they choose like the soul choose chooses what what they want as parents the same way we chose our parents. You know and I strongly believe that so he kind of knew what he was going getting himself yeah. into anyway he was like okay i'm gonna have this double rebel energy <laughs> um, to aquarius parents and and he's um he's a sagittarius rising sagittarius so he loved traveling he's very funny he is a joy to be around you know so he has this very light fiery energy mm. and yeah you know that's funny because I, I don't even um, realize that what we do can be out, like not normal. You know, you said everyone should maybe do a, a practice. <laughs> but, you know, from the first minute he was born, we knew his human design, we knew his astrology. Mm -hmm. I remember Birgit was instantly taking the time of the birth and then yeah. instantly pulling out the chart. And I was like, okay, we're having an emotional manifesting generator. Great. <laughs> and, and from day one, and with all the knowledge we have on many many things because we are yeah we are educating ourselves on on what is uh, the unseen or the what is hidden or what is the invisible you know we are getting into kind of esoteric teachings and all tools available for us and now we are very aware of how to raise that child with that particular design or this particular um, astrology traits, you know, those kind of things mm. without making it a big deal. We just know it's there. And, you know, I mean, I can say I wish my parents knew that about me, that I was yeah. a projector and then I needed to rest and I don't have to do this and blah, blah, blah. But that, that, that was just not the path. <laughs> I had to find yeah. it 
later for myself when I was, you know, 27 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's what I was thinking. It's such a huge gift, actually, to it's it's part of seeing, I guess, your child for who they are. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's a, of course, we have more tools for that now. But yeah. And this human design or astrology is, is one of them. But there's we also know a lot of things with the science nowadays that I think our parents did not know back then. And also, of course, we have the yoga, which is like a major thing. My, my parents are not yogi <laughs> either. Oh. So I'm thinking, yeah, wow, amazing that we can... We can give this to our kids and let But them it's be. never too and late. Yes. It's never too late. Yeah. I see my mom, she, the mm -hmm. past few years, she has been so curious about all the healing modalities, all the yoga, all the meditation, the mantra, all the crystals. My God, she has more crystals mm -hmm. than me, you know, like she has, she's really into that. And it, she took that path, that spiritual path a bit later in her life, but mm -hmm. it feels like really cozy for her so and I feel she also got inspired somehow by what we do but she's like playing on the job the old day like so oh, funny wow. you know it's like she's really de devoted you know she's really like playing the, the mantra all day when we, we say you know play the mantra in the house it's gonna enhance the energy and she's doing it and she's researching and she's like having a Gaia subscription and watching all the, the documentary and the stuff like so Oh, it came beautiful. late to her but yeah now we have something really good to connect like we can we can really talk about those things and it's really great because it made a new kind of point of interest for both of us and she has a really beautiful energy like a healer energy and this is also very nice to as a grandmother so basically yeah. when you become a mother you also give new jobs to everyone you know yeah. to the par <laughs> your parents they become grandparents and my dad is so so happy like he is the becoming a grandfather for him kind of awakened the little kid in him wow. you know and he loves yeah. to build toys and play with ea and like it's just so nice that you get to give new new job description to everyone because you gave birth to that one person you know yeah that's amazing yeah <laughs> yeah i was wondering um you traveling a lot as a family and all i'm i'm curious um how does it go in a in a normal day for you as a as a family like would you walk mm. me through a bit what's like if you have wow. practice or how do you make this work and and also like um it's sometimes it's hard to find a balance between the work and the mothering and the practice mm. like how how does it work for your family very interesting i don't think we have two days the same mm. uh it will it will a lot depend on where we are but we have each of us like okay my husband and me we have our own um, non-negotiable right the thing mm. we need to do on a daily basis to feel good right and it it can be as simple as you know um we make sure that the other person has the space they need to replenish and to mm -hmm. show up fully. And at the same time, we are, it's funny, we are a bit on our own schedule. Like we really acknowledge that we are three different persons with three different needs in this household. So for example, it's very rare that we eat the same thing or that we have meals together. Isn't it weird? You know, I that's just know an example. <laughs> I don't know if it's I mean, weird, but if it works for you, 
it may it be works for us that we like you know i'm i'm a projector and it really works for me to eat a little bit but often that's really how it works if you give me three big meals a day I'm just in a food coma all day. <laughs> so I just realized, okay, actually I can't eat the same thing as my husband. And he, we, we like different things anyway. So he will do his, he, he, like basically I do my groceries. He, do, he does his, he's doing his cooking and doing my cooking. And I eat when I need and he eats when he needs. And just this freedom, it's so nice because I don't have to sit at the table when I'm not hungry or forcing myself, social feeding, you know, forcing, forcing yeah. myself. So that's why our day is very, we have to be very flexible and flowy. So we, we both would feed AI with what we have according to what he wants, because he mm -hmm. also knows very well what he wants. AI is very sharp intuition. Uh, he would just also, when we go shopping, he would pick from the shelf what he wants, mm -hmm. you know what he knows of course but he would recognize and say oh i want this bread or whatever you know yeah. um so that's that's a funny thing on the way they we walk so good the kids i feel like i mean that's so good they know what they need train them otherwise they know they know what they need and they are a huge example for me when i look at my son mm -hmm. and i see like how good he is at knowing what he needs and asking for it and just yeah. Like, yeah making sure his needs are met and food wise also he he eats when he's hungry he doesn't eat when he's not and i'm like wow okay that's uh, something we I can take that yes. yeah as an example yeah. like go beyond what is so socially acceptable yeah. so you know um how to run you through a day i like to wake up with no alarm because i really need to sleep like we are still breastfeeding right mm -hmm. and we almost three years three years full-time everyday breastfeeding and i know that it takes a lot of energy mm -hmm. like if you know you know if you don't know you don't know but if you know you know and i know that i you know i'm eating more and i'm you know but i need to sleep more also like i'm more tired because we're still doing that and it takes a lot of my own energy to nurture yeah, but we are not stopping anytime soon unless he wants it. You know, when mm -hmm. he says, I'm done, I'm, we'll be done. But I don't want to force the yeah. separation or the winning phase. I don't, I don't want to create drama. <laughs> uh, that's a bit the, the mantra of the family, like no drama. And mm -hmm. we try to keep it smooth and find that everyone has their non-negotiable um, fulfilled. So I would wake up with, a, with no alarm when Ea wakes up, actually. He is often the one waking me up. Sometimes on the on the really good days, it's when I wake up a bit before him, so I have time to do my morning pages quiet, undisturbed, uninterrupted, which is the ultimate luxury. <laughs> and the morning pages has really become the core of my whole practice because the morning pages would basically be like a, a weather forecast of me mm -hmm. when I wake up. So I would be able to build a practice because I know so many, um, you know, meditation, kriyas, yogic exercises, so many things that I make it my buffet. So I hardly do like a, every day the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not, even in human design, they say you're not meant for consistency and doing mm -hmm. the same thing again and again. So the beauty of it is the morning pages is my beginning of the day when I see clearly what I need and then I can pick from my buffet of Kriya and meditation what I need mm -hmm. and I do a very short practice. 
and then very soon my husband does his own practice on his own uh, on his own and he, he is the opposite he does the same thing for thousand days you know this kind of practice i'd be so bored to do that but i also know that this is how you create a relationship for the practice but i need to find something that feels good for me and that feels really good so i would do what i need and i can also squeeze in another thing during the day you know um mm-hmm. If I feel it, it's like, oh, like you need to wake up. Okay, let's just do breath of fire out of the blue. You know, just this is amazing to have all those tools and to know when to use it. And as I always say, tools in the toolbox are very useless. You need you use the tool when you need it, but you need to have a toolbox with tools and you can pick from them. And then, you know, as I said, for the, the food, we just, I follow my intuition. I eat what I need. I never eat two times the same thing. <laughs> you know, it's very intuitive, very flowy. And then I, we, I like to stay at home most of the days because I feel cozy. I feel safe. I feel I can be in my own flow. I'm a 2-4 projector, so I'm the hermit. So I can really be in my own uh, lab or bubble for a lo- mm. long time. And when I need, when I feel I need, you know, new energy, then I can put myself in a crowded place, like my favorite coffee shop or something, Mm -hmm. where I just go there and I get new ideas because I get new people around me. And then I go home and then I kind of need to do a reset practice. I notice that every time I go. Yeah, even yesterday we went to the Dubai Mall. If you know the Dubai Mall, it's this gigantic mall in Dubai and there's all kind of people, like tourists, but also locals, like all kind of nationalities, all kind of people, all kind of social layers of the society. And every time I go there, I'm so drained afterwards yeah. because I got in contact with so many different people. So I do a reset practice. <laughs> like, really, I do my reset practice. And it could be like me listening to a guided meditation that is not any yoga, but it's just like um, turning into like a visualization where I physic, um, mentally, physically cut the cords with the energy I picked up. And that feels really good mm. for me. Um, you know, and we just flow, like I'm trying to squeeze in some work in between, even though it's not, I don't call it work. It's more like play, you know, when I, I'm at the playground, literally I'm having the much the best ideas because I'm like yeah. opening my notes and I'm like, Oh, good idea. And, I also learned that ideas are coming to me, but they are not for me to execute necessarily. Mm. This yeah, that's, Aquarian that's, motherhood, yes. you know, that's <laughs> the beginning. Like I was like, someone needs to do something with this Aquarian motherhood concept. It's a great concept, but mm. I don't have to be the one doing it. Mm. And now you have the Aquarian mother podcast. Yes. And I'm so happy you're having it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I re- I realized afterwards and I was, um, I actually had a call with you. So um, a clarity call that I don't know if you offer them still or, mm-hmm. but you, you mentor people um, and we had this call and mm-hmm. I told you, and, and I, I want to call it the Aquarian mother, but I think this is actually, this was something you, you named or you coined this <laughs> this term is mm. this okay if i use it and you you told me that that it's amazing if the yeah. if the concept gets out there so thank yeah. you yeah <laughs> so i really yeah i mean i love the the concept and i think the being those aquarian mothers becoming the embodiment of this new age is so so um, uh, powerful 
And I like that we can find a name, you know, we can have a, an umbrella over our head and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm identifying as an acquired mother and let yes. me tell you what it is. And we don't need to have even, it would be um, anti-acquarian to have a fixed definition, don't you think? <laughs> I, I totally agree. And I also have a question that what it is for you, because I totally agree mm. we should not like create one that should be the, the one definition, but I'm wondering, like, what is an aquarium mother for you? Mm, I should have prepared an answer. <laughs> no, my answer would be, I, I, th I think it will come very easily. I think it's become, be, being the aquarium mother is being a mother that feels safe and safe in all the layers of being. Being safe is so important. Feeling that you belong here, feeling that you can take up space feeling that you have a voice, feeling good where you are so you feel safe and grounded, feeling that you can listen and trust to your intuition. Like for me, this is very linked to every intuitive power. Like you know that the unknown is known to you, right? That's the mantra. You know, you always know. And every time someone asks me, do you have a tip for mothers? I'm like, You don't need a tip. You will know. You will know when your kid needs that or this and when you need that or this, right? Um, so the acquired mother to me is intuitive. She's grounded. She's safe in her body, mind, and soul. And she's showing up with courage. And she's not afraid of disrupting social norms or expectations. And she's able to create the space for this acquired child and children to come to to be you know and it's about being it's not about doing anything special it's not like about doing more or it's probably about doing less and being more connected to yourself so that's a bit my feeling how do you feel about that yeah i love this feeling safe i feel also to to be who you are I mean uh, I feel yeah. that one thing that is important is um, allowing our children or facilitating them doing what they came here for and mm -hmm. if you don't feel safe I guess you will be looking for the safety and you will try to ensure that your needs are met and it doesn't mean you cannot fulfill your destiny but it might take longer or it might be more difficult. If yeah. you take the chakra system and you start with the root chakra, if you don't have a stability foundation, a roof over your head, food on the table, yeah. like if you don't have those primal needs, there's no way the intuition is going to work for you. Like, I mean, I wish you could see me like now I'm really using my hands, but like um, starting with the first chakra, what do I need to feel safe? And then you can slowly, okay, what do I need to be creative? Then slowly, how can I feel powerful? Then how can I express my voice? How can I open my heart? How can I navigate from my third eye? And how can I be open to the connection to the divine? And that was just like a quick walk through through the chakra system but having a kind of a almost a daily tune-in with those seven or eight if we consider the aura as well but the eight 
areas of our life and be like, how do I feel? Like, because if you don't have the foundation, don't feel safe, it's going to be very difficult for you to express your voice, for example. You know, like, so it's all connected. And I love the chakra system so much for that as a, as a pure mirror of how we function and what do we need as human beings having this life on earth right now in this age in this exact moment that we are creating you know yes yes i love it yeah i think it's so true um what would you wish the world to look like in i don't know 50 years let's say for our children to live in Mm, beautiful question beautiful question so you know in dubai there's this museum of the future <laughs> and i want i want to go because i haven't been but that the, just the term museum of the future inspired me when i created those journals and t-shirt that i called the collection was called museum of the future because i like the idea that we can actually when you go to that museum i looked it up a bit you can just basically see what would be the future in, I think, 70 years from now, and what will it look like in all areas of life. And you're so right. This is up to us to plant the seeds in our children's mind right now so they can feel that this is going to be their new normal. So what I see, and I'm going to try to see it on the positive, I see that, and I think it's, I guess it's my life work to give themselves, those children, permission to be exactly who they are, who they came here to be, without trying to enter any mold, any kind of preconceived idea of how they should be. So in my vision for those children, I would like that they all, like, be great, you know, like always want to grow and expand and become better at what they do because the, the truth is in my opinion again you know there is evidence for all theories so everything can be right and wrong depending on how you look but i do find evidence in my reality that you were put there on the planet at this time you chose to come for a reason and this is what is like this treasure inside of you and the universe just you know hide it very well and we just need to remove layers of what is not us and i wish for those children and grow when they grow up and they are adults they just find that they are doing this one thing that light their soul on fire and that feels like complete um harmony like a soft harmony you know between uh, within themselves with a coordination of how they think and how they feel and that mm. they do exactly this one thing and this was a bit the same when I discovered the human design. I was like, oh, if everybody knew their human design and okay. would start a deconditioning process and be exactly respectful of the energy they are already and using the gift on the gates that have been put in them and activated at their birth, the world would be so much better and the companies would work better and the businesses would work better and everything would make more sense. You know, but I mean, when I when you look around you, you're like, wow, you know, okay, someone created that space for me right now where I'm sitting in and I'm very grateful because I don't have to be the one doing everything. 
I want mm-hmm. I want these children to grow up adults and do the one thing they really yeah. want to do that really makes them feel good and turn their life into an ongoing celebration and they don't feel like they have to walk like the world is play you know so I would like yeah. to see the world as a big playground where we feel lighter where there's peace where where things you know align with the divine consciousness the oneness mm-hmm. when there's no separation this doesn't make sense to me you know that yeah we create artificial separations and and all of that so yeah i would love to see that like a clean future a lot of like nature and connected to their intuition connected to what they really want and need and stop listening to what everybody else tells you that you should do and wear and put on your skin and eat and create new options you know like that's a bit the problem you know you go to a normal supermarket out there and honestly 90 percent of the supermarket i can't use because it's all bad stuff for me i know i am the same what can we eat here (laughs) there's no it's not even food i would never take this it's in my body not. and yeah. why would we poison our children mm-hmm. you know and create disease and create problems so i something is obviously wrong with the way it is but you know i can feel very overwhelmed when i go to a normal supermarket mm-hmm. i can feel overwhelmed if i go to any kind of beauty perfume store like oh, yes. i don't have a relationship to those i don't know what to i don't know what is for me in there um, you know, all of those things, or even like some, you know, like the fast fashion, like going to the Dubai Mall is a really interesting experience because I always leave being like, I don't need anything. That was nice to see the fish and the shark from the aquarium, even though I disagree with this yeah. principle that there's some shark in a mall in the middle of Dubai. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. you know, but I, I'm like, what is there for me? And I'm always leaving the space with nothing because I realize this is not what I need. This is not what I want. And I want to be, I don't want to have more. I don't want to do more. I want to be present in the conversation and that every conversation I have, no matter what it is, that it is this conversation right now, or it is the conversation with, I don't know, the cleaning lady of the Mm. building that I am fully present. And they might be the most important conversation of my life that might change my life, you know? And if you start to live like this and show the children to be this way, that they don't need any kind of artificial, quick, cheap dopamine, right? Mm. Um, And yeah, I mean, I hope we're going to have a really beautiful planet thriving and we're all going to get closer to who we are. And I don't want to see when we, you know, the metaverse kind of scenario, I, I... don't like that (laughs) Um, that we just get plugged to a wall or to a computer or something and we kind of create a a virtual life I mean yeah I mean I have a lot to say about creating your own reality but that's really not what I I can see but I want people that feel confident you know like confident and courageous enough to do to do what they know it's the right thing to do for them without having to Mm. please anyone. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think I don't care about being liked, you know, (laughs) I care about being myself and delivering what I have to deliver. And 
the more I peel the onion, the more I know this version of me is going to come out. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's see what's coming, you know. But I, I, I'm done people pleasing as well. And, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a path. <laughs> yeah. This is something that comes with the, the motherhood a lot for me. I really see where I am people pleasing, which is in more areas than I would have wished or that I would even realize before. And I'm like, hmm, okay, let's not do this. 100%. 100%. I read the book, a really good book that is called Hell Yeah or No from Derek Sievers. I put it in my latest uh, newsletter because it was so good. And if it's not a hell yeah, I want this, then it's a no. Because otherwise I'm not showing up fully. I'm compromising. And if I compromise, you don't get the essence of me. So you don't get the best experience. I lose energy. You're not interested. And this is not interesting to be in that relationship, right? So if I feel a yes, let's do this. I really want that and really owning the wanting and started to be like, I want that. And I want this because I want this. And that's the only justification. You start to create for yourself, as you said, like boundaries and a really good life because people know you're not at all time available. And when they are with you, they are fully with you because they know you never know. You never know. Right. And I've been the people pleaser before. And and I realized, you know what? I don't like to be a follower. I like to have my own um, agency of movement and <laughs> everything I do. And this has been truly liberating to say no to everything that is not serving my mission. And a good example, again, this Dubai Mall example, I didn't want it to go yesterday. I didn't want to go. I said, I want to stay and with air inside and I just wanted to read a book, you know. And my husband was like, yeah, but just let's move the energy with the jet lag and everything. We're not going to be tired. Let's just go. Well, it was a big mistake. Like, I, there was nothing for me. I was, AI was, we didn't have a stroller. AI was running everywhere and it's so big and so many people. And then we had a taxi ride back and it was like a 16 kilometers taxi ride because we took the wrong exit or something like that. And I was like, you see, everything went wrong and I did, I should have said no. And I said, you need to help me to be stronger with my nose because when I said no, it should be no and not, oh, it's okay, let's do it. Because then I became a follower and I deplete my energy and I don't feel good. So I'm learning still, you know, everyone is still learning. But the, the quicker we can get to that, the best our life is going to be to be really, yeah, I want to do this because I want to do this. And I say no to this because it's not important. It's not urgent. It's not serving me. It's a distraction from me, you know. There's a lot of distractions out there. <laughs> Everyone wants your attention. Like those beauty stores, they want your attention. Those supermarkets, they want your attention. The TV wants your attention. Everyone wants your attention. And this is the one thing. You can only focus on one thought, one conscious thought at a time. So this should be choosing better thoughts, you know, and you have a better life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful because it, it ties to this being yourself and we are talking we want to give this to our children and we want the future to be like this so it's the, it's the good way i guess to 
to start with ourselves <laughs> and, and working in this way is is really good well i will let you go and i'm so 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 grateful so grateful you came to talk with me it was a very inspiring as usual conversation and uh, yeah have a nice trip in dubai i hope you enjoy yeah thank you i mean it's just you know we have a couple of things to do and then we keep traveling and yeah that's very fun to that's very fun to jump from deep autumn in germany to summer again in dubai so we're still adjusting but we love to have different places and different residency and it's fun for us to yes. grow an international kid so yeah thank you so yes. much for having me have a beautiful beautiful day and yeah i hope this conversation makes impact that was my intention i'm starting mm. with so yeah have a blessed day you too thank you satnam satnam you've been listening to the aquarian mother podcast Thank you for being with us. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review. And don't forget to follow us so you don't miss out. See you next time.